0: Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network.
1: You're listening to Linux in the Hound Shack. LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source, and amateur radio for everyone. Now here are your hosts, Russ, K5TUX, Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD.
0: Hello everybody and welcome to episode number 221 of Linux in the Hamshack. And tonight we'll be having a deep dive, and our deep dive will be into... The world of Echo Link on Linux, specifically SVX Link and Qtel, two projects that are created by SM0 uh, SVX out of Sweden. The uh, project's been around for quite a while, uh, but we're going to talk about building it, configuring it, using it, having fun with it. So uh, let's, I guess we can get right into it. But before we do that, I guess uh, I can say I'm Russ k5t ux
2: i'm cheryl w5moo
0: and i'm bill ne4rd yep same three outlaws as the last time
2: (laughs) we should get call signs for the dogs i don't
0: think they would pass the exams but
2: if they give them biscuits they might (laughs)
0: all right so let's just dive right in we'll talk a little bit about the svx link project and qtel let's talk a little bit about qtel first we kind of did it opposite uh, in the chat room but or not the chat room the uh the etherpad but <coughs> qtel is the client portion of the software and we'll talk about this first because it's the easier part of the software uh, it's already prepackaged for debian so it's really easy to install it's an app getaway but if you want to build it it gets built uh in the svx link source as well so you can uh choose your poison on that but if you just want the client part to connect to the echo link network you don't have to do any building or crazy stuff like that and using it is really simple Um, you just run qtel once it's installed you have to do some basic configuration like enter your call sign your qth uh, some useful information like that Uh, you can also put in a comment if you so choose and uh, then you will just be able to connect to the Echo Link servers. It's pretty much pre-configured to just work, and you don't really have to do a lot about it. If you're behind... Except, oh, go ahead.
3: Except
0: well, it does use ALSA sound. It does use ALSA, so, yes. But there's an so overlay yeah. uh, for ALSA and Pulse Audio so that if you have Pulse Audio on your system, ALSA should ALSO work. ALSA also. also. Also, also, <laughs> also, also, uh, but yeah, if, yeah. You, if, if you happen
3: to do also, you have to know your devices and stuff like that. But yeah, it does have the pulse audio built in
0: as the default setup. If you don't happen to know your devices, here's a handy tip. Um, you can use the CLI command, a play, A-P-L-A-Y, with a dash L flag, and that will list all of the ALSA devices on your system for playback and you can use a record dash l which will list all the record devices and that will tell you what the main device number is and what the sub device number is and usually if you're configuring ALSA, you can use like ALSA colon plug hw colon and then the number that is reported by a play or a record to set your devices Um, you can also specify the actual ALSA string uh, that's a little bit more difficult because you have to know the zero comma zero or whatever. Um, but usually, um, you know, a play lists the playback devices, a record lists the record devices or the input devices, if you will. Uh, so that simplifies things a little bit. And usually if you're configuring something like SVX link and Qtel, which use ALSA, uh, then that will work for both. And I have my SVX link configured that way. and We'll get into that a little bit more later. Um, You might also have to configure a relay because if your firewall is not configured properly to allow the necessary ports, uh, which are uh, 5198, 5199, and something else, 5200, I think, uh, then it won't properly connect to remote servers. So you can use a relay, and there are free publicly accessible relays out on the Internet. You just have to Google for them. And I'll probably uh, put a link in the show notes to uh, one of the sites I found that lists some of those handy-dandy relays uh, because I had to use them for my own setup because I'm forwarding those ports to my SVX link setup. Therefore, Qtel doesn't get to use them. Yeah, yeah. Ran into that here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if you're running everything behind a single firewall, that can be problematic when it comes to uh, using SVX link or, or echo link in general, really. Yeah. All right, so, yeah, and once you get, you know, connected via Qtel, you have a client window um, that lets you search for the different nodes and things that are available out there. Uh, I guess we should talk a little bit about Echolink itself. I I think we uh, have probably broached this subject before, but in case we haven't, let me adjust my mic here a second. (laughs) Okay, there we go. So Echolink is a way to connect nodes together uh either rf enabled or not via voip and the internet or just a network in general it doesn't have to be over the internet but it generally is so there are computers that are connected to radios via some sort of rig interface they either have a connection to a local repeater a connection to a local antenna a radio and antenna in simplex mode or they have no connection to RF at all, and they just pass data through the internet. And you, as a ham, can use Qtel to connect to a conference, for example, or another radio entirely via the internet with no RF at all. Uh, so, you know, and this is, uh, generally done using VHF and UHF if there is RF involved. So this is a good way for technician class licensees. To be able to talk long distances because these echolink nodes exist all over the world, uh, there are also conference nodes which allow a bunch of people to dive into uh, what's a, the equivalent of a chat room uh, and communicate that way uh, all without RF at all however, but those can also they be can like also the be like RF. the RF as well yes
3: yeah, so you always have to follow normal procedures like your own RF while using echolink. Look at Bill, stickler for the rules. <laughs> <laughs> and just let's go real quick over the nomenclature of the names and stuff uh, like that, because you know you are talking about the RF side um, connected sure. stations, and those are those are going to be the the links that you are talking about, like your link, mm-hmm. and those are those are uh, noted with the call sign dash L, and those generally mean that the station is linked to an RF. Now it might not necessarily be a you know to out to a repeater. It could be just a, you know, simplex channel like the one you have, or it could be, uh, you know, actually talking to a repeater that doesn't have an echo link connected to it directly. And uh, you'll find quite a few of those in areas where they have the repeater in a remote area that they just don't don't have Internet out there. So they can't drive a can't actually drive a uh, uh, echo link connection native to the uh, actual repeater. Now, repeaters will have dash R's. So you'll see those as call sign dash R. So it should be similar to uh Whatever the uh, trustee of the repeater is normally, it'll be uh, their call sign dash R. And then regular stations like that connect with the 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 client, the EchoLink client, are just going to be call signs by themselves. And you can connect with uh, many apps, not just QTEL. You can connect with your phone, your iPhone, your Android. There's applications for everything, so you can you know get get connected into the cloud of EchoLink devices. And um, and then of course we already talked about the conferences. And those are generally notated by a star and some name star. So you'll probably hear that quite often when people are having uh, nets on, uh, on Echolink conference nodes. You'll be able to see those in the list. And uh, Qtel breaks them out by uh, types of stations, and so does most of the other clients. You'll be able to search by actual type of station.
0: You are so correct. <laughs> Sorry, stalling for time there. Um, so while we're talking about the way <laughs> stations are identified in Echolink, the, the call sign of a station is actually a little bit superfluous. They're not actually referencing the node in Echolink. Every node has a number, and that's how they're identified in the Echolink system. So when you sign up, and you do have to sign up because you have to be verified that you are an actual radio amateur, so they do a verification when you sign up. It doesn't cost anything to just have a connection to Echolink. Uh, they will assign you a node number, and that node number will be some six-digit ID number. And you don't use that to log into the Echolink system. That's not one of your credentials. Your call sign is your credential. Uh, But when you are searching, there's an index, and you can search by a call sign, but it will then show the associated node ID number Uh, when your call sign comes up and like bill said for link stations for rf stations you get a dash l and that is separate you can have your call sign as just you as an individual you can also have a dash l and you can also have a dash r and they'll all have different node ids and a conference will have a different id still uh, conferences are actually sort of outside the scope of this because they use a different software package. They use a software package that's called, uh, the bridge, which, uh, is how you do conferences. And that's, it's EchoLink, but it is apart from Qtel and SVX link. And, uh, unfortunately they all use the same ports. So you cannot use, <laughs> you know, SVX link and the bridge on the same computer. That does not work. Uh, so you know, if you want to run both, you'll have to have two machines uh, that aren't going through the same firewall. That's probably more detailed than we need to get, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't do it. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> it's a bad idea. Don't do it. So, um, so then you'll you'll get a node ID number, and then you can pay. Well, you have to pay for like link nodes and repeater nodes, um, and oh no, actually you don't. I'm sorry, you don't have to pay for those. But if you do want a shorter Conference node, yeah. at conferences you do have to pay for that's 40 bucks a year um if you do want a shorter node id number um you can pay for those uh it's $15 for a 5 digit and it's $40 for a 4 digit um if you just want a more rememberable node id number um so i guess i'll just throw this in here for now uh my node k5tux-l which is RF connected uh, here in Missouri, and uh, you can connect to it if you like, but it has a short node ID of 54711, and if you look at that on a telephone keypad, it stands for LHS11, so easy to remember. <laughs> I don't even remember what the six-digit one was originally, but it doesn't matter. Uh, so, so there you go. So connect, feel free to connect anytime. You can probably talk to people locally here in Missouri because that's where I am. So uh, we'll we'll talk about how you can do that with SVX Link in a minute. So uh, back to QTEL, um, you connect, you know, your QTEL client, you're into the Echolink network, and then you can use your computer's audio, as we've said, using ALSA to send and receive uh, audio from a remote station, whether it's a conference, a link node, or just another ham somewhere. Uh, or you can, if you are RF connected, use your rig uh, to connect to another RF station, which is connected to an Echolink node via the internet. Uh, so that's all pretty useful. Uh, they're searching the Qtel client allows you to favorite uh, stations so you can not have to search for them or look them up later. So if you like uh, a particular conference, like do drop in or dog gone or scars or any of the other, you know, great conferences out there, you can just bookmark those for easy look up later. And uh, as far as communicating with Qtel, that's really all there is to it. You, you, you know, you install it, you configure it with your call sign, some basic information, uh, you update the station list, and you go out there and connect to something. And I don't <coughs> some client. <coughs> <damn it. laughs> <coughs> some clients give you the option to connect randomly to a client. I don't know if Qtel does that, does it? I don't see that here. I think the standard Echo client, uh the PC based one and the like the Android and iPhone one might let you do that and if you're connected to svx link uh, <clears throat> via rf you can use a, a special command uh, 31 and we'll get into using dtmf codes in a minute uh, that will actually connect you to some random station out there which uh, can be interesting sometimes but uh, for all the echolink stations out there a lot of them are you know not active <laughs> so presumably it connects you to one that's actually on with people yeah yeah with, with people <laughs> yeah all right so that's that's pretty much all there is to qtel on the client side so now we'll, we'll jump over to svx link which is the server side and that's how you provide a not a conference but that's how you provide a link or a repeater node as in a link node is a simplex node Uh so that you can provide an rf link into the echolink network Uh svx link as far as i know it has to be built from source like you cannot at least not that i've been able to see it's not packaged uh it is packaged in the debian as svx link dash server
3: what's uh, how old is it you know um 15 dot uh let's see i had it here just a few seconds ago uh 15 dash 11 dash
0: 2.1 okay and what is the version that i installed that's a good thing to know <laughs> <laughs> I just compiled it here. I to... Yeah, I just, I just did as well. That doesn't sound too old, actually. That sounds pretty current. Let me see. Look at the install doc here and see how old this is. I yeah, probably gonna have to go into the source and see. <clears throat> <clears throat> One, six. What did you say the version was? 15. 15.11. 15.11. Okay. More versions. Can you just do a version? No you
3: tell what's that it's svx link is 1.6 well okay the versions don't line up
0: <laughs> yeah that's what i'm getting too i don't know what that means <clears throat> unless it's version 16 which i don't think it is uh yeah i'll,
3: I'll go i'll research that package while you uh, continue
0: yeah i'm just curious what it is to build from source but bill and i both built it from source rather than installing the svx link package. Um, It's actually pretty straightforward to build. You do have uh, several dependencies. So you do have to have GCC. Uh, Of course, you need a C compiler because it's in C. Uh, You need make, cmake, uh, grof, or grof, gzip, doxygen, which is deoxygen, whatever. Uh, tar and git, of course, if you want to get the repository from the git repo. And then when building, you actually need these dependencies. You need lib 6 libpopt, tickle, libgcrypt, libasound, libgem, libspeaks, librtlsdr, libcute, also utils, and opus tools uh, to get everything to work. So <clears throat> I think I gave my little handy cheat sheet about development libraries in a previous episode. But basically, when it says you need... You know, tickle, you, usually you can just uh, apt install tickle dev. And if it's a library, you just do lib, the name of the library, dash dev. So for example, libgcrypt dev, libasound dev, libgsm dev, so on and so forth. Um, you install all of those, uh, you uh, go and do your dot slash configure, make, make install, and it will put everything in the right places. Now, if you don't make any changes to the configure script, it will put everything in user local, which is where locally built source, you know, binaries usually go. So if you do that, your, uh, your binaries like SVX link and Qtel and SVX, uh, reflector and all those things will show up in slash user slash local slash bin. The configuration file will be in slash user, slash local, slash Etsy, slash XVX link. I think I said x, SVX link. And let's see, I can't remember, was there a, I don't remember there being a, uh, a sample in there, but there might have been. Oh, like a sample config or something like Yeah, that. or there might have just been a default config, Probably. svxlink.com with the default values in it.
3: Okay, just to check the
0: versions, the um, the build in the Debian repository is at
3: 1.5.0, where SVX link right now out of the repo or out of the GitHub is 1.6.99. So it's like uh, it's like three years old, two or three years old out of the repo. Or out of, uh, yeah, out of the, Right, so it <clears> would death. probably behoove
0: you to get the source version.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah it, like, uh, I think they have the newer one packaged if you get like uh, Buster or SID, you know, if you're running the... the The bleeding
2: edge
0: (laughs) yeah right bleeding edge so in my particular setup here i only touched one well no there were a couple of configuration files i touched but the the main one you have to touch is svxlink.com that's the the main svxlink configuration file it's the one that tweaks most of the values so once you've got it installed that's the one you're going to be playing with most of all um There's a million options in this file. It's it's almost three hundred lines of options, but most of them you don't really have to do anything with. So I'm just going to talk about how you get a link node, an RF connected node, set up. There's only a few things you really have to touch Uh, in the in the configuration file. It's broken down into modules, um, which are identified by titles wrapped in brackets. Uh, The first one is global and the the important things in here that you have to set are the logics. You set that to the module the logics module that you're going to activate. And the other one is the location underscore info. You can set that to the module that has your location info. And the nice thing about SVX link is it connects to the APRS network and it puts your node out on APRS.fi and it actually shows your information and it actually shows your nodes status when you're, when you've got it there. Uh, I'll, I'll get into like configuring that a little bit later, uh, but that's kind of a cool feature. It, it actually puts you out in the world on the APRS network. Uh, no GPS required because you actually have to hand code your location. So one thing you should recognize is that the configuration options generally reference other things. So in the logics line, you have simplex logic, and that references a module. And in the configuration file right below the global module, there is a simplex logic module. So there, most of that stuff is configured for you, and you don't really have to change anything. By default, it enables the receive module, RX1, the TX module, TX1, and the type module, which is simplex. And configuration for those things is further on down Uh, the config file. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, It does define the modules that you're going to have active in your SVX link server. By default, those modules are help parrot echo link and TCL voicemail. Um, You do need to set your call sign. If your call sign is a link node, it'll be your call sign dash L. If it's a repeater node, you won't be doing it in the simplex logic block. You'll be doing it in the repeater logic block. So I didn't touch that one because I'm simplex. So I set mine to K5TUX-L. I adjusted my short and long IDENT intervals. The short one identifies with just your call sign and the dash L. The long one identifies with your call sign, the dash L, and the current time. And you can set the intervals on that. I have it set to 30 for the short and 60 for the long. So I get a short every 30 and a long every 60. Uh, You can tweak that to your heart's content. Um, The only other thing I really played with in this particular block is the report CTCSS. Um, I actually am using tone squelch uh, of 100. So I have my server reporting that there is a tone for accessing uh, the simplex node. So if you're using a repeater, if you're connected to a repeater, you would do the same sort of thing in the repeater logic block. And back up in the global section where you're identifying logic to simple logic, you would change that to repeater logic. All right. What's going on in the chat room? (laughs) (laughs) We're hurting Dave's brain. All right. I'm I'm just talking about the things that because I I tweaked a lot of stuff in here, but I'm going to just go over the stuff that's, that's really important. Uh, so once you set the simplex logic, repeater logic, or if you happen to have a reflector, reflector logic, and I'm not going into reflectors, that's a whole other thing. Um, then you move on to other things. You can actually have a QSO recorder. That's a thing where anytime there's an actual contact via your Echo Link server, you can record the audio from it. I did not set that up, but it is possible. So once you've done that, then you have to come your. Configuring your transmit and receive, and those are referenced up in the global configuration block as well. Or I'm sorry, in the simplex logic block uh, for receive one RX one and for transmit one TX one. So the things that are important in here are you set your type to local because you are having a local simplex node. You have to set the audio device, and here is where it's configured with ALSA. So you do ALSA colon plug HW colon whatever the device that you're wanting to use for your audio is. And remember, use A play and A record to figure out what that is. And then audio channel is the sub-device number. So in my case, I'm using one zero, easy enough. Uh, Squelch detect, SQL underscore detect is very important. It defaults to Vox. And if you're gonna use Vox for, for checking to see if your squelch is open, then you need change nothing. I am using CTCSS. So I had to change it to CTCSS, and then I had to identify my CTCSS frequency, which is 100. Other than that, most of these uh, are pretty straightforward, and you can just uh, change them if you need to, but most of the defaults are usually pretty good. The other thing you might need to change is the serial port identifier, um, and those are pretty straightforward. You use a device ID and set which pin is necessary for PTT, whether it's DTR, CTS, RTS, whatever it is. Just whatever works for you. And then there's lots and lots and lots and lots of other things you can tweak here. Um, but most of the stuff you don't have to touch unless you have a specific case. Uh, you can go through that. And I'm going to talk about a file that talks about every single option in this file. Uh, so you, you can go through and see if you need to tweak any of these things. And if so, it, it sort of gives you a walkthrough of, of what you need to change and, and what you need to change it to. So that's receive. For transmit, things are very similar. Type is local. Audio device, again, also a plug HW10 for me. Same card, input and output. PTT type, PTT port, pretty much straightforward. Um, and there's a couple other things I tweaked in here um, because of having my SignalLink USB It has uh, some specific quirks about uh, keying up. Uh, So I had to set my PTT hang time and my TX delay um, a little bit to get it to not chop audio off. But for the most part, defaults are probably okay. And then the other thing I had to set was CTCSS frequency because again, using CTCSS. uh, I'm using CTCSS in and out. So uh, for tone squelch, because that works for me. All right, and then the last block, is the location info, which again was defined up at the top in the global section. And then most of the stuff in here is already set according to what it needs to be set to, but there's a few things you need to fix. The first is your longitude, your latitude, and those are in DMS coordinates, degrees, minutes, seconds, uh, not decimal, so make sure you put in the right thing. Your call sign is going to be your call sign prefixed by EL dash. So your call sign will be EL-K5TUX in my case. uh, And that's the way it shows up in APRS. And I'll explain uh, a cool thing that does a little bit. Uh, You set your frequency if you're RF connected, which I am. I'm uh, on 145.605. So I put that in there. You set your TX power, your antenna gain, your antenna height, and the beacon interval, and the tone is the tone that's reported to APRS, which in my case was 100. And then you can put in a comment. And I put my comment in there, and that actually shows up in APRS as well. So whatever you put in there will show up in APRS. And that's how you configure SVXLink. And if you get all of that correct, and then you start SVXLink, it should just work. Um, I'm running mine with a few flags. Uh, the first is I specified a PID file. So I know where the SVXLink.pid file is. Uh, So I know what the PID of the running process is. So when I have to kill it, it's easy to find. Um, I specified a dash dash log file option so that I could log it into the var log directory and have it auto rotated by the log rotate script. Um, I do start this by systemd. So I have it set to run as user svx link. So it's not running with root privileges. I also specified the config file. Um, but it is the default config file, so that's not technically necessary. And then I specify dash dash daemon, which pushes it into the background so it will continue to run when you disconnect your terminal. So uh and that that all work pretty well. And there are a couple other things that I had to change, and I'll talk about them for right now. There's a directory in slash user slash local slash etsy slash svx link called svxlink.d. And in there it has the configurations for the different modules that are available in SVX link. Now I mentioned the modules that were active by default, and those are the echo link module, the help module, the parrot module, and the TCL voicemail module. And I'm not gonna talk about the voicemail module cause I don't use it. The parrot module, what that does is it's kind of like the echo test conference, but it's on your local SVX link server. It allows you to connect to that module, key up your transmitter, talk, and it will repeat back to you whatever it hears, so you can test your audio, and that is very handy because that will tell you if your audio levels are set correctly and if your server is actually hearing what you expect it to hear. And you can hear that uh, via RF because you have to activate it via RF. Uh, and a quick jump back to the chat room. <laughs> okay, <laughs> no, nothing going in there. I Need to address right at the moment. Um the other thing is the help module. There's no configuration you need to change for that, but if you're using if you're connected to the server via RF, you can uh key up and do zero pound and that will activate the help module. And what that does is it actually speaks to you and tells you how to use the different available modules on your SVX Link server. Um and so it will report and say if you want help on Echolink, press one. If you want help on TCL voicemail, press two, et cetera, et cetera. And then you just do that using the DTMF tones on your rig, and that's how you access it. Now, in the Echolink module, there is some configuration that you have to do. Uh, There's a file called moduleecholink.conf, and there's a couple of things you need to change in here if you're going to use Echolink. It's set to a default ID of two, and the ID of two means in order to start it up, you have to use the DTMF2. And the way SVX Link work is it terminates a command using the hash sign. So if you want to key up and start up Echo Link, you would key up and press two and then pound. And that will start up Echo Link. And it will report to you that it has in fact been started up. So the things you need to change in here are the call sign. You have to set that to your call sign dash L if you're a link, uh, or dash R if you're a repeater. You have to set your password. Uh, This is assigned when you register your link with the Echolink network. Uh, You can set the SysOp name to some useful information. This will be reported to the folks who connect to your SBX link server via the Internet uh, or via RF. And then you set your location, do whatever seems useful to you. Uh, There's a couple other things you can tweak. And then the last thing you might want to set is the description field, and you can be as verbose or non-verbose as you want to be about your SVX Link server there. And that's all you have to change. The other modules like Parrot and TCL Voicemail, which I didn't configure, and Help don't require any additional tweaking. I'm sure TCL Voicemail requires tweaking if you actually want to use it. Uh, so the way you, like I said before, if you want to use it via RF, if you want to start up EchoLink. You key up, you press two pound, it starts up Echolink, and then if you want to connect to a node, you just key up, type the number of that node, press pound, and you're connected. You use pound all by itself to disconnect, and then you use pound again to disable or to turn off the Echolink module. You can actually put pound pound together if you want to disconnect and turn off Echolink all at once. So that was a whole lot of information probably lost everyone (laughs) yep that's what i thought yeah okay (laughs)
3: well don had a question in the chat room what kind of sound hardware is required for this
0: what kind of sound hardware is required just just a simple sound card that's it in your pc it's the only thing you need that's all i'm using um i happen to be using um a signaling usb which is its own sound card um but you don't have to do that Anything. That provides a sound audio interface, uh, input and output, and some way to key the receiver. Whether it's a cat-based PTT or a serial-based PTT, um, that's all you need. Doesn't require anything special. Yes, the Signalink has PTT. Um, I believe you can do Vox PTT, but that is interface specific. Um, in my particular situation, the PTT is is activated by CTCSS. The tone is what sets the PTT, but you can also do it with Vox, or you can do it with a serial like hardware PTT. All configurable in the server. You just have to, uh, you know, figure out what your situation is. For me, the Signalink worked out really, really well. It's super easy. One thing I did have to do on my on my EchoLink or my EchoLink boy has a lot of jargon going around here. <laughs> One thing I had to do with my signal link is I had to set the TX delay uh, pretty high. Um, because there there's some delay in the EchoLink network. Um, and if somebody keys off and then somebody else keys up really quickly when they're having a QSO, then I found my signal link was transitioning TX to RX like rapidly. It was going click 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 click. So what is <laughs> so I set the delay to be fairly long so that the signal link would just stay keyed up for some extra time, and that eliminated that problem
3: yeah a lot of people when they get into echo link don't realize that there there is this built-in delay so when you do transmit on on echo link to echo link stations you generally want to kind of key the mic and just wait a second or two and then start talking uh, otherwise the first part of your conversation might get chopped off like you know the call sign you're calling or maybe the first word you're saying so uh yeah there is this built-in delay that kind of exists in the system
0: right because all of the nodes don't respond at the same way in the same time to being keyed up because some people are keying up via RF, some people are keying up via the internet, and all of that induces some sort of arbitrary delay. And it can be different for the different systems. It's usually not more than about two seconds. So if you key up or press the PTT button in your echolink client, you should wait probably about two seconds before you start talking, and then you're most likely not going to get cut off. All right. So there was one last thing I wanted to touch on, which I mentioned briefly, and that's the reporting on APRS. What's really nice about this is if you configure it correctly, which is actually not that difficult, and if you kind of followed along with what I said, you'll have done it properly. Um, when you look at your node on APRS.fi, if there is no one connected to your node, it will show EL dash your call sign. And if you hover over it, it will show all of your information that you've configured in the svx link server configuration file like your pl tone your location all that kind of stuff however if there are nodes connected to you if someone's connected to your server then the little icon will change from el to the number of active connections so if like three people are connected to your server and you're looking at it on aprs.fi we'll have a little circle with a three next to it And you'll know what's connected to it. And if you hover over it, it will tell you all of the stations that are connected to you and all of the stations that you are connected to. So uh, that's pretty nice. You can actually just see that right in the APRS client. I found that quite useful. Except for we can't see yours. (laughs) What do you mean you can't see mine?
3: Well, we see your house. Uh, Your regular APRS node is right on top of it. But it says within 0 yards of your APRS node there's this EL-K5TUX. <laughs>
0: my my APRS, my regular client for APRS hasn't been reporting in like days and days and days. It shouldn't be showing up there unless you it have your shows up. Only if you have your thing not set not to clear out. No. I just went to APRS.fi F- and searched you up. That's all I did. <laughs> okay, well I'm I'm looking at APRS.fi right now and I don't see I only see my EchoLink node. I don't see the other one. Really? Yeah, really? <laughs> i mean it's just showing the last hour so it still shows your house now i can finally see your
3: thing underneath of it but your house is on top of it
0: <laughs> right but i'm looking at it now and if i look at my node it shows uh 145 605, uh tone of 100 which is the local information uh mm-hmm. it shows the echo link node id 54711 it shows lhspodcast.info so people can click on the link and get right to the website from there and it also shows that I'm connected to the do drop in conference. So, there you go. Sweet. Yeah, it's a pretty cool system. I like it. I like it a lot. I yeah, actually got yeah, to give you a lot of information out there. Yeah, I got a call from uh from Darren today BK6EK, but I wasn't near the the computer at the time and I didn't have my radio on. So, sorry Darren, try again sometime. <laughs> and anybody <laughs> else feel free to contact me, you know, the node number 54711 K5TUX-L. You can find it it's always gonna be on. So and that doesn't mean that anyone's gonna be listening to it, but it's always gonna be on. <laughs> It'll be like every other repeater. That, on, exactly. Uh, <laughs> It'll be like every other Echo Link node on the internet. So Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So Dave says he's noticed a couple of EL nodes uh on the APRS map that are near him, and if they just do show up then they are Echo Link enabled. So there you go.
3: Yeah, it's really useful information.
0: All right, so let's see, did we manage to blow through everything on the Ethernet or uh,
3: Etherpad there? <laughs> I think so. Um, if you are compiling um, this on uh, Linux system, you'll want to use Qt5. The documentation says Qt4, but apparently they uh, switched in that 1.5 version to Qt5. But most of the documentation says, oh, yeah, use Qt4. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, I know it it did way. not
3: work at all for me. So, uh, yeah, as soon as I installed the, the dev package for uh, Qt5, I got past that step in the uh, CMake. Yeah, so, if
0: you uh, do the... Um... If you do the source build, it says in there that it has to be Qt5. I'm pretty sure. Interesting. Well, the error message I was getting was I was looking for a Qt4 library.
3: Really? Hmm. Probably because I only had Qt4 installed. But, um, yeah, as soon as I uh, replaced the, that with uh, Qt5 it, uh, or Qt5 or whatever you want to call it, it, uh, it worked fine. And then I found all the other things I didn't have, like libpopt and stuff like that.
0: <laughs> uh, libpopt and all those. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> and actually, after I went through the entire list and, and installed all the ones they said, because I was going by an SBX link install doc. Um, and I think that's where I saw the mention of Qt5. And I got through all of that. I went through all of the procedure the way it said, and then I was still missing one. And I don't remember what it was, unfortunately. But I, I was still short one. They apparently they missed a dependency somewhere. Let's see. Yeah, I'm looking at this documentation. Yeah, 6c GSM, PopT, GCrypt, Asound, Speaks, Opus, RTLSDR, Deoxygen, and Groff. And like I said, when I when I went through and did all of this, I still was missing something. But I can't remember what it was. So, so if you're short one, hit me up. I'll tell you what the problem is. Because <laughs> I'll figure it out. I just don't remember right now.
3: Well the error, the error messages in the CMake will will kind of lead you to where you right, need to go. Right. So that that's basically what I use. I just kept on hitting CMake until I got it to pass through. So uh maybe you should I'll just look at the document. Yeah, yeah. Well the doc in the install doc it actually does say libqt version 4 framework for graphical applications. Optional. <laughs> that's why I was confused. But um well, the document, yeah, my system yeah. I just needed uh 6c opt well yeah, almost all of that. GSM I did install the RTL SDR. I didn't have that on here, and I did mine on Solus. I think I mentioned that already. So it, you know, it's pretty much non-ham friendly. But uh, it did did all work once I got everything running. And I mean, the binary is built. I didn't
0: run the actual installer because I wanted to change it anyway. So I
3: was going to put it in opt svx link.
0: Yeah, yeah. You can do specify that with the prefix option in your dot slash configure. You can just use slash opt instead of the default, which is user local. Yeah opt opt is kind of like a holdover from the sun days but i, I still yeah. use opt too it's <laughs> I, I find it more convenient to find things in opt than user local so yeah i'm I'm an old uh old uh sun guy so well aren't we all yeah <laughs> most <laughs> of us have been around
3: for a while started yeah, somewhere on a Sunbox or a while. something close to that <laughs> right
0: i still have a spark station in my office at work so <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> uh, all right yeah well that was a pretty deep dive into svx link I think everybody should set up uh, an RF connected node. Um, it's really, really simple to do, especially if you already have a ring interface. I mean, I would not put your RF node on the same frequency as a local repeater. That's probably a bad idea. Unless, um, unless you're trying to link a repeater and you've got the uh, trustee's permission
3: to do the, so. Uh, the approval, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: But just pick some random unused frequency. Um, I find it useful to be able to like walk around the yard with a handy talkie and connect to my own node via RF. Kind of nice that way. Yeah. All right. So that's SBX Link, Echo Link server for Linux, and Qtel, Echo Link client for Linux. And of course, Echo Link is available on all platforms. Windows, there's um there's an Echo Mac. There's a you know, Echo Link is for Windows, there's Qtel for Linux, there's Echo Link for Android, there's Echo Link for iPad, iPod, iPhone, i whatever device you've got. So use some echo link let's let's get some traffic out there yeah yeah it's it's quite fun it can be fun all right cool i think uh, i think that's it unless we got any questions in the chat room nothing new i'm not going to entertain the like why did you talk so long about svx link do nope. <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's like crickets crickets, crickets. yeah
0: All right. So I guess that's it. Um, I'm sure, or at least I hope we'll generate some interest and maybe some questions uh, after this episode comes out and people, you know, maybe give this a try or whatever. But again, as Bill mentioned, you don't have to go through the source build. Uh, If you want to install the version that's in the Debian repos, svxlink-server is the package. Qtel is just Qtel. And uh, that's all you have to do for that. You still have to do uh, basic configuration, however. Yes. All right, so let me run over to the Etherpad again, and we'll check for the folks in the chat room. And we have uh, in there Dave, KB0OWD, Don, KC9ZMY, Paul, K5WMA, Eric, KN4IIY, and there was, was there anyone else? I think the other Don
3: went out uh, doing satellites, so
0: (laughs) at least on Twitter,
3: (laughs) that's what I saw. (laughs) He was going to go try to do some passes.
0: Ah, very good. I did. Uh, if anyone saw my tweet on Twitter, I got uh, to see some photos from the ISS as it went over a couple days ago. So that was pretty cool. I got to see some cosmonauts. It was interesting to have to um, autotune for the Doppler shift. Yeah. Uh, that's something I have not done before. I haven't, haven't worked any birds. So, <clears throat> all right. So we're going to move on to announcements and feedback. We just have one announcement, really, and that's their GoFundMe uh, Hamvention campaign going along swimmingly but we're down to 31 days before the show that's right one straight up month between now and the show so we could uh, really use your donations to uh, finish out our campaign Uh, we are more than halfway there so that's excellent we really appreciate everybody who's donated so far but if you haven't and you can please do in the next 31 days or so Uh, and if you can't donate financially Please just share it to all your friends, share it in your social media networks, announce it in your ham radio clubs, get on Echo Link and just shout it to the world, whatever it takes. Uh, I think that's it for that. Don't really want to beat that to death. And we do have a couple of bits of feedback. So let me get into my email client here where I can actually tell you what those are. Let's see. The first one is lost me. Okay, here it is. Sorry. (laughs) So the first one comes from Tom Howard, who says in reference to episode number 220, quality is greater than quantity every time. And I have no idea what that's in reference to. That that was the entirety of the feedback.
2: Maybe that means you should do some editing on podcasts. <laughs> I think the well, last one was
0: pretty uh, concise. The last one was only about 30 minutes.
2: No, I mean, the fact that. We're doing three podcasts now instead of one super long one that you spend hours editing.
0: Well, I, I don't know.
2: I'm guessing. I don't know.
0: I, I think that was a reference to something specific. I just don't know what, what it was. I'll have to go so. back and look at the notes.
3: <laughs> what did we talk about? I can't even yeah, remember. I,
0: I know. We just, we talked about gay midget porn, I think. Oh, yeah. That <laughs> was, was early. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, gay little people porn? Is that what the <laughs> thing is now? Know. Yeah. All right. So we also have one more bit of feedback from Ian, KM4IK. And this one's kind of for you, Bill. He says, a couple of months ago, I watched all six videos in Bill's YouTube series on building a shack computer using Ubuntu's Mate. I'm Ooh. curious if Bill thinks the build should work as described for other Ubuntu slash Debian-based distros. For example, I run Mint 18.2 with the Cinnamon desktop. Mint is probably what I'll eventually replace my shack Windows computer with and would like to follow as closely as possible Bill's processes. I love the podcast. I hope to work some of you in the Georgia Cuso party. Well, sorry, we, we <laughs> kind of missed that and we uh, were not part of it anyway uh, this Saturday and Sunday. 7 3 from Ian, K M 4 I K.
3: And of course you can. We actually answered that question from someone else asked about putting it on Mint. And it's basically the same instructions. Mint is is basically Ubuntu underneath. And, uh, you know, as long as you can install a PPA that way, that'll work. Otherwise, just go straight to the DEBs. And uh, probably now with the way things are changing and we're getting close to that 18.04 release, you know, the new LTS release, um, you know, get the DEBs and uh,
0: stay on top of them. All right. Very good. And actually, we have something for Cheryl, too. (laughs) Yeah, for you. Okay. This is from Steve, KD0IJP. He says, a friend of mine runs a weekly yl net she is located in the wichita kansas area and the net goes out over a repeater intertie system that covers a good deal of southern kansas and northern oklahoma it also goes out over a private echolink node just thought i'd mention it in case cheryl might be interested in checking it out it runs tuesdays at 8 p.m my friend's name is barb k-d-0-w-a-u and if you're interested you should send her an email at the email address that i'll let you know about okay uh by the way he says miss seeing you guys at the green country ham fest it was a good crowd again this year later steve KD0IJP. All all right so, so there you go you're gonna get on a net as a wild net maybe yeah you should I, I found a wild net on thursday nights uh just before we record it's at 7 p.m central uh that's over echo link a, a different one than this one so, yeah, because you
2: just said the other ones on
0: Tuesday, right? Very good. I'm glad you're paying attention, <laughs> Captain Obvious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so. so, anyway, there we'll get you on the air some way or another. Okay, all right. Well, I guess we'll uh jump over to the chat room, make sure nobody has any questions or things they want to talk about or announce or uh, you know, bug us about or tell us we're doing a crappy job or anything like that. And if not. And I think we're ready to wrap this thing up. I think we've blown everybody's brains out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the long and short of it is just check the docs. There's There'll be a link to a couple of great documents about setting up and configuring SVX link in the show notes for this. So if you uh, kind of got confused by it all or just feel like you need to read instead of listen, uh, the links, of course, will be there for you. All right. So with that being said, I think we're going to get out of here. This has been episode number 221 of Linux in the Hamshack, a deep dive into Echolink via SVX Link and Qtel. And uh, we'll be back in a week's time with our short topic segment, because I think we're still not on for Thursday this time, right? Or is around for Thursday this time?
2: No, I don't think we are. Hang on. I got all the ether lined
0: up. I can't on. remember. My head hurts.
2: Um. <laughs> Four nineteen is our next Thursday.
0: Yeah, that's this week. That's this week. Yep. Okay. So we'll be doing a weekender this coming Thursday, and then we'll be back on Monday with our short topic show. So thanks everybody for tuning in, those folks who are in the live stream and in the chat room, and for everybody who checks this out afterwards. And uh for all of us here, I'm Russ, K five T U X, and we will catch you very, very soon.
1: Thank you for listening to this episode of Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a community-sponsored podcast. Our website is located at lhspodcast.info. You can support the program by visiting the LHS Patreon page of patreon.com-lhspodcast or using the contribute link on the website. Get in touch via social media. The show has a presence on Google+, Facebook, Twitter, Discord, and YouTube. Or you can drop an email to info at lhspodcast.info or record a voicemail at 1-909-LHS-SHOW. That's 1-909-547-7469. Visit the IRC channel, LHS Podcast, on the Freenode IRC network. Also visit the online merchandise store at shop.lhspodcast.info for fun and fashionable LHS merchandise. Become an ambassador and represent LHS at a Linux convention or hamfest. Email ambassadors at LHSpodcast.info or visit the website for details. The podcast is recorded live every Monday night at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time. Connect to the stream at stream.blacksparrowmedia.net 8008 LHS Live. Until next time, over and out.